I mean, if there is one word of advice I could give all women is stop trying to be perfect, right? Play to your strengths, you know, be strong and play to your strengths. Figure out what your peak performance zone, the thing you do better than anybody else and become an expert in that. And so find roles and opportunities that fit those strengths. When you work in your strengths, you're more productive, you're happier and you have a whole lot less stress. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Bad Assery Podcast. My name is Paula Boland, and I am your host. And here at the Bad Assery, we celebrate people who have reconnected with their inner power, their inner self, their inner being, and are now using their power to change the world, to help the world. And we listen to their stories, we celebrate their stories, and learn from them so that we can take part in reconnecting connecting with our own inner power and also be part of sending love and help to the world. So glad you are here. I'm so honored to have Patty Grimm here with me today. She is a celebrated author. She is amazing in general, badassery superstar. She's an empowerment expert, people. Um, she works with organizations, leaders, teams, and particularly women. She was with Microsoft for 15 years. She worked at Johnson & Johnson, and she was the global head for performance and leader effectiveness. She now runs her own training and consulting company, educating and empowering women and girls to be what? The best they can be, also known as badasses. She is a coach and a women's advocate. Patty's book, I know she's gonna talk about it today, but it's called Quiet Women Never Changed History. Be strong, stand up and stand out. And I love this part. Let's go kick some glass. The fabulous story of going from rock star to rock bottom and doing better than ever. You know, that's so badassy. Um, I just want to hear a little bit more about it. Tell us about that, if you will. Yeah, so I mean, I've had an amazing career. You know, one of my first badass moments when I was at the bank was I remember this. I was just awarded to be one of the youngest female vice presidents for the bank. And I'm in one of those big corporate meetings in downtown Los Angeles on like the 50th floor of the 60 tower building. And it's all men. It's all white men in there. A friend of mine in the Congress calls them male, pale and stale. Right. <laughs> I thought it's pretty funny. Um, anyway, we're in this meeting with all these men in their gray and blue suits, really serious. We've been in this meeting for a couple of hours and I've got to go to the bathroom. Right. I'm sorry. I have to go. To the, so I start to get up and walk out the door. Yeah. And this old grumpy old guy looks at me and says, where are you going, honey? We don't do that in this meeting. And I kind of paused for a second. I'm sure I was dressed in my red because I always like to dress in bright colors. And I looked at him and I said, well, you have two choices. I can pee here or I can go to the bathroom and be back in two minutes. It's your choice. <laughs> uh, and you could just see this. Oh, I can't believe she said that. So I just walked out the door and everybody else walked out behind me because they had to go to the bathroom too. I was the only oh, badass so you, enough. Not only did up. you pick that door open, people followed behind you. Good for you. Yeah. 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 So I left banking, started my own company. And then I went to work for Microsoft for 15 years. And I had of that time of that career, I did run part of the Asia Pacific customer partner team for three years. So I lived in Singapore for three years, came wow. home, had this amazing career career. And then I had this, I started to have these moments 
And I remember on, particularly on one Monday morning, you know, I had been the rock star. I was on the executive potential program. I was on the top of the corporate ladder. And I found myself on one Monday morning sitting on my bathroom floor in tears mm. and sweat trying to get up the strength to go into work that day and put on my happy face and walk in and say, I'm here, I'm positive, Patty, I'm the energizer bunny, let me help you, let me help. So I had gone from that person to all of a sudden hitting rock bottom and laying on my bathroom floor, trying to get the strength to go to work that day. And I had gone to doctors and nurses and nurse practitioners to find out what was going on with me because I could feel like I was falling down a cliff Mm. And I couldn't stop my fall. Mm. You know, I was trying to grab onto things to help me and going back to things that had helped me in the past. And I just kept falling. And mm. my performance was starting to go down. I was having difficulty making decisions and doing things. And doctors were telling me I had anxiety and depression and mm. adrenal gland failure. And one doctor actually told me I'd be dead in six months if I didn't. What? I'm off for myself, right? I mean, that's how far I had fallen. And so I took some time off to refine myself again and to get back stronger than ever. But I, what I really realized that what happened, it wasn't the company, because I still do work for Microsoft as a consultant. So I've got a very strong relationship with them. It wasn't what the company had done to me, is I stopped being my badass self. I started doubting my confidence. I started getting to, into that imposter syndrome where I'm not good enough. Yeah. And I started to doubt myself. I was letting other people control my destiny instead of me controlling it myself and being my strong, badass self. And so what I realized, what had always made me a badass in the past, was that I had a strong sense of myself and my strengths and who I was and what was important to me. I had a strong personal vision for the kind of leader I wanted to be and the kind of person I wanted to be known for. And so I really took some time to really study that. And literally, I spent three years interviewing over 3,200 women and men about what makes strong, great, confident women leader. And I collected all these best practices that are in the book. There's five best practices that anybody can implement and put into place. But that's really what helped pull me out of that down moment and back to be stronger than ever. And if I ever find myself losing my badassery, I know how to find it again. I know how to find myself again. I look at those things and say, am I really being true to myself? Well, you know, so many women, I think, do the same thing, right? You know, we get, we get disconnected with our own power. We get, we get to a certain level and it's like, we're, I don't know what it is. We're working too hard or we have anxiety or the imposter syndrome, all of the above. And we just become something besides what we were, you know? Yeah, we, we end up trying to please everybody else and trying to be perfect. I mean, if there is one word of advice I could give all women is stop trying to be perfect, yeah. right? You can't be good in everything. So like the first principle in the book is play to your strengths, you know, be strong and play to your strengths. Figure out what your peak performance zone, the thing you do better than anybody else and become an expert in that and really learn to let go of those things that are not going to be strengths. No matter how many classes I can take on time management, I'm still going to be a disorganized person behind the scenes. In front, I sort of look like that duck on a water that's nice and calm, but underground, I'm paddling like heck trying to keep myself afloat. So I'm never going to be that super structured, organized person. I can get better at it, but it's never going to be my strength. 
And so find roles and opportunities that fit those strengths. And I help people do that through the workshop and through the, the book itself. Nice. Finding your comfort zone. Yeah. When you work in your strengths, you're more productive, you're happier, and you have a whole lot less stress. Yeah. So you mentioned these five key concepts. Is that what came out of the your you know interviewing thirty two hundred women and their strengths? And so I'm I'm assuming work from your strength is one of the key concepts. Right. Right. Yeah. The first one is be strong, which is play to your strengths and figuring out what it is that really brings you joy. You know, you go to the yeah. organizing lady, Maria, whatever her name is. What are the things that bring you joy? What do you find yourself doing when no one's watching? It's like if I asked you to take out your pen and write your name with your natural hand. It's easy. It's simple. Right. It's not stressful. If I asked you to put the pen in your opposite hand, you can do it. It just feels uncomfortable. And after a while, you're trying to figure out how to hold the pen and you'll get a pain in your shoulder because, you, you know, it's, it's not comfortable for you. And so play right. to those strengths is absolutely the first one. The second one is I want people to be, be able to stand up. And this helped me realize that we're all going to fail and have mistakes and down points in our lives, but we need something to fail forward on. And so failing forward with a personal vision statement. So writing a personal vision statement for the kind of leader and person you want to be, mm-hmm. and then making sure you make career and life decisions that fit your strengths mm-hmm. and fit that vision. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm sure there's people that are, you know, listening to this that are like, okay, a personal vision statement. Yeah, yeah, I gotta do that. So can you give a couple examples, like little short examples of what that may sound like? I mean, how intense does it need to be? How do you get to that? Okay, so I'm going to give you a real practical exercise, uh, to, and a, an easy way to do this. One, it could be as simple as three words. My short vision statement is to make a difference. There you go. Right. Okay. How I came to that was when I was in that down moment and I realized I was off center because your vision is something that's a destination, a place you want to be in future that's better than where you are today. It can be a roadmap or a compass or a guide to keep you on track, a temperature guide to see when you're hot and cold. And so the exercise is actually go take your favorite journal and your favorite pen to your favorite place. Mine is near water. It's always near water. So at the time I was near the ocean and lake, so I could go to the lake and sit there and just have some a little bit of quiet time. It just doesn't have to take hours or weeks or months. You want to refine it, but take some time to go do this. And I want you to imagine in five years, you're on your favorite show. In the old days, my favorite show would have been the Badassery Podcast. Badassery <laughs> Podcast, right? In the old days, my, my TV show was going to be Oprah, right? But that's not yeah. on the air anymore. So then it was right. the Ellen Show. So yeah. I want you to imagine you're on Badassery Podcast or you're on your favorite show and you're surrounded by your bosses, your managers, your coworkers, your employees, your friends, and your family in five years. And they're talking about you as the kind of leader you are. And close your eyes and imagine the words you're hearing. And then open your eyes and start to write those words down, like made a difference, was a badass, was confident, um, was a great communicator, a team builder, a collaborator, any of those words that come out and then eventually string those together to be a vision statement. So you could say she makes a, you know, Patty or, or Paula makes a difference by empowering women to be badasses. Yeah. Or you know, Paula is a great lead woman leader who makes a difference and uh, is confident, strong, empowered, and resilient. 
and then just make that the kind of vision statement that you want to live and then use that to make career and life decisions. So my longer part of my vision, short vision is make a difference. And when I work with clients or when I work with companies, I always ask myself, am I going to make a difference? Mm. Or they just hired me to come in and make people feel good and I leave and it's worse than when I was there. And I don't take those kind of jobs anymore. I did once and it was miserable because I did it for the money and it was the wrong reason. So it was a bad mistake on my part. I don't do that anymore. Um, so that's sort of the doing your personal vision. And then write it someplace, keep it in your bathroom mirror because you look at it every day. Put it on your computer. When you make a career and life decision, ask yourself, does it fit my strengths? Does it fit my vision? Right. That's number two. Nice. So if we're going to walk through this, we want to work yep. for our strengths. Yep. We want to have yep. a personal mission statement. And then um, what's number three? Number three is stand out. I want women to be more valuable, to be more visible, and to be more vocal. So being valuable means once you figure out those strengths and your vision, become a master at it. Become a master at your craft. You spent time becoming a better podcaster probably by listening to other podcasts or yep. being on other podcasts. I speak and do workshops and webinars. So I attend workshops and webinars and look at TED Talk videos all the time to get better at my craft so I can tell a better story or I can do right. something better. So become really good at what you do and then be more visible, which means uh, in today's world, in a meeting, I would say show up to the meeting a little bit early, take a seat at the table and be visible, be present. In the Zoom world, Put on a little bit of makeup. You only have to dress from the top up. I don't care if you wear makeup or not. Do something. Show up. Go on your own Zoom, personal Zoom, before you start and look at your picture and see, am I big or am I really, really small? Because you want to be visible and be seen. And then I want you to be more vocal and speak up. Learn to toot your own horn and say, I did this and I'm a badass, right? You don't yeah. have to, That can be the thought bubble in the back of your head but say, I'm yeah. confident and I did this project. Most women will say, oh, my team did this. That's fine. But what I want you to now say is my team and I did this. Or I brought my team together and we brainstorm ideas and here's a solution I want to present today. Yes. You need to be visible, valuable, and vocal and keep an accomplishment file. Yeah, I love the accomplishment file. And the other thing about the... Uh, the vocal piece is, you know, I also work with women empowerment and um, women in leadership. And I've also been that woman who was the only woman in the room and, you know, with, yeah. you know, all kinds of directors or whatever. And we tend to work in groups and kind of tribal women, I think, in general. And so it is very comfortable to say the thing of my team and try to you know, talk about the team, but I love that because I think there's a lot of women that struggle with how do I be real to myself and sort of be honoring everyone because that's what I want to do yeah. and also toot my own horn. So I love the piece of myself and the team and then explaining yeah. what yeah. that is. And that's then keep that accomplishment file, keep it a computer file and a personal file that every time you do something, just write something down, jot it down, whether it be once a week, hopefully it's once a week, write down something that you've accomplished so that if you do go apply for that promotion or you're going to go for that new job and you want to look at your accomplishments and be able to have it all written down so it's easy or if you have to write that terrible performance review thing that we all have to or used to have to write or still I think many companies use them, then you have a year's worth of evidence of all of your accomplishments. 
Yeah, you know what I think is really good about that too is it can really help with that imposter syndrome too. Yeah. Like when you're starting to think, oh, you know, how could I, I remember the first time that I um, charged a significant amount of money for providing coaching, you know, several thousand dollars for coaching. And after I presented it, I was thinking to myself, oh my gosh, you know, how could I even say that? Who am I? Blah, blah, blah. And that imposter syndrome kind of snuck in, right? Yeah. And yeah. so being able to look at that accomplishment file and just be like, no, this is who I am. Look at, look at me. Look at, the, I look am at how I am as a badass. And I, and I want them to understand that imposter syndrome actually started in us when we were little girls and yes. we were always told to be perfect. So I want women to give up on perfectionism. And I'll give you a definition of perfectionism of why I think it's so hard on many women, because we're always trying to be perfect, always be the good girl, go to the good yeah. school, get the good grades. I don't know. My brother would get a C or a D and my par parents would celebrate. I get an A minus or a B plus and it was like a tragedy. You know, I wasn't perfect for them. And so that perfectionism as a little girl does turn it into imposter syndrome where we sort of doubt our competence. And what perfectionism means, which is why I think it's so powerful, is it, the definition says it's a personality trait characterized by extremely unrealistic high standards combined with being overly self-critical and caring too much about what other people think. So don't try and be perfect. If you mess up, go, oh, well, I'll do better next time or make a joke about it. Absolutely. And I have a really good friend who says the most important thing in life is to have fun in life, to have joy and fun. And he has this statement that he says, that was fun and now it's done, or that wasn't so fun and now it's that, done. That was done, now let's do again. Let's do let's something do different, right? Exactly. Something yes. Yeah. All right. So, and your number four? Number four is put yourself number one on your things to do list. Ah, love it. Not last, not number 10, <laughs> not even number five. Put yourself number one on your things to do list because you can't give away what you don't own. You can't pour from an empty teacup. So if you're trying to be perfect for everybody around you, you have nothing left to give and eventually you will break. Mm -hmm. Eventually me working 70, 80 hours a week, every night, every weekend, got me to the breaking point where I'm sitting on a bathroom floor trying to get up to get to work that day to the job I used to love. And I still, I went back and I loved it again and I did very well. But the whole point of it is take care of yourself, eat, pray, love, do things that bring you joy. Even in today's crazy COVID world, yeah. go take a walk outside for five minutes, go pet your dog, go just stand up, stretch a little bit, get outside, open the door, walk around the neighborhood, five minutes, your energy and your creativity will come back. If you're working, working, working on something, your creativity goes down, you have less solutions and options available and so you kind of start into this whole downward spiral yeah and you have to break it get out of the room go right. someplace else yeah and i think that's really important right now where we're working at home and you know we're online and just taking oh. for me taking those breaks i cannot i mean i love seeing this and meeting people all over the world and doing this stuff but i i do need to go outside and see something else besides myself <laughs> Go out for the gardener. Go out and, you know, you can't go very far right now, but at least you can go outside and maybe sit in your garden and do something, that, you know, go bake a cake. Exactly. I, at one point, I live out here in Palm Springs, and at one point, everybody sort of got into baking bread or making things, you know, homemade stuff for a while. Yeah. 
You could not find a bag of flour or yeast or sugar anywhere in the entire Coachella Valley. We went to seven stores one day. <laughs> well, I guess people were enjoying the, the flour, right? <laughs> and all this, all these days of not supposed to eat carbs, but it, it became a huge thing kind of early to early into the... Well, it's very, it's very comforting too. <laughs> yeah. Gardening might be, reading might be comforting to you, um, exercising, you know, eat, pray, love, take care of yourself, put yourself first on your things to do list. When I was working corporate and my kids were at home, I'd get up at 530 in the morning so I could get a workout in before anybody got up. Yeah, I was wondering while you were talking, if during this time you also had a family. Oh, and yeah. So, I, you know. And I was the main breadwinner or earner for our family because my husband was a part-time high school football coach. Yeah. And I think that's another part that doesn't get talked about as much um, in, in the, the female experience, at least. And it's somewhat changing, but, you know, we're trying to also manage being the mom, being the housekeeper. And when you talk about that perfection, you know, oh, my house can't be a mess. And oh, I have to have all the lunches made. And here I am a CEO and I'm trying to do this and I've got this team and I'm getting up and yeah. trying to exercise and it's just too much. It's too yeah. much. It's too much. And so things like, you know, the, all the myths we have, there used to be something called the Cinderella syndrome, right? Trying to be Perfect like Cinderella. Well, Cinderella is a fairy tale invented by a man. <laughs> Superwoman is a cartoon character invented by a man. Mm -hmm. You want to tell me what's wrong with these pictures? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. And 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 I'm wondering, like, when you um, hit your rock bottom and you were sitting on that bathroom floor. Did you use these five, you know, correlates or these five things that you found recurring with these 3,200 people you interviewed? Did you use these without even knowing it? I mean, what helped you get up and drag yourself and reframe yourself into the back into the rock star badass that you always, you know, your power that you had from the beginning? Yeah, I, I, it, it was a combination of things. I think I, what I, mostly what I realized is that I stopped controlling my own destiny and I let other people control my destiny, which I tell people never, you know, control your own destiny. Otherwise someone else will. And why would you give that power to someone else? Right. It's your life. Be the best you. Everyone else has taken. And I stopped being the best me. You know, I was the round peg trying to fit in the square hole or the square peg trying to fit in the round hole, whichever way you say it. I was trying to be that other person that wasn't true to myself and really refinding my vision and actually spending the time. I spent a couple of days, you know, going back to the spot at the lake to really fine tune that vision. And it, it was one of those things. It was an old V8 commercial where the guy said, you know, I could have had a V8 and hit him on his head. I kind of felt like that. And then as I was interviewing all these people, I was getting so motivated and I started to hear these themes come out from all these powerful women and men who were giving me these hints that these were the five things that these people did to keep themselves on track. And that when you get off track to look back and say, this is where I fell off, you know, this corporate ladder. This is where my business started to go down because I was trying to be everything to everybody. If you're a business owner, you're either a really great visionary with great ideas and creativity and compassion for people, or you may be a great numbers person, but very seldom are you both. So what you need to do is find someone around you, a virtual assistant, a real assistant, or someone who has the strengths you don't, or partner with somebody. Yes. You know, I work with particularly women CEOs that are trying to scale their business. And that's 
that's one of the first points we talk about is that, you know, get yourself a team that complements you. Like you said, work from your strengths and then find your team that complements you because you are not going to do it all. And it's not, you know, Bill Gates doesn't do it all or, you know, whoever runs the big corporations does no. not. So yeah. Bill Gates and Steve Ballmer is different as night and day, right? Bill is the yeah. extreme visionary introvert, very, 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 we used to call people like him scary smart when I worked. I mean, literally, they're just scary smart. They just walk yeah. around and things are popping out of their head. At one time, we joked around, we called Bill Gates a brain on a stick. <laughs> really big brain and no heart until he got married to Melinda and had family. Now it's, he's got equally EQ yeah. and IQ. Steve Ballmer is this sales and marketing rah-rah. If you happen to watch a Clipper game, he now owns the Clippers. What you see on TV and him running around saying, I love the Clippers, I love the Clippers, that's half of what we saw every day at Microsoft. But they complemented each other. You want to find people very, very different from you. Don't hire people that look like you, think like you, talk like you, make decisions like you, because your company is going to go down one track yes. and you're not going to have that innovation and creativity that you have to have today to survive. Yes. And, you know, I really think the, the real growth comes through the collaboration and not the competition. And so you yeah. want to have and find those people that are collaborating with you, whether you're hired them for your team or whatever. And there are times on my team, and you may have this as well, where I have on purpose hired someone who does think differently than me or whatever, and they will challenge me or they'll say something. And I have my moment of, well, I'm the boss. And then I think about it for a minute and, you know, and it's like, no, I want this, right? Yeah. I want to have that sort of aligned fullness of, of a team. And that's what exactly, exactly. So, I mean, hire people that have different thought processes and, and be able to, joke about it sometimes. Yeah. I mean, I know I had an assistant one time that, you know, I could get fairly direct and, you know, kind of get into a zone in some ways. And so we had this thing where she'd say, we talked about grit versus grace. And so she'd say, I think you left grace home today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the last one is really about paying it forward, right? So here's some current facts on women's equality and pay parity. Now, wait, was, this is the 100th anniversary of white women gaining the right to vote. Women of color came much later. It's been 100 years, and we think we've gotten far enough where we've crashed that glass ceiling, but it's still there. Now there are 7.4% women at CEO level across large global companies, which is terrible. You know, women's pay has gone up 1% in the last decade and women still make between 64 cents and 79 cents on a dollar, you know, as compared to man makes a dollar for the same job. And here's the kicker. They say women's pay won't equal men's pay until the year 2,277 if we keep doing what we're doing today. And then the final kicker is there's 13 states in the U.S. that have not ratified the Equal Rights Amendment wow. from the 1970s, granting women the right to equal pay. So we have a long way to go. So number five is pay it forward. We need to leave this world a better place. We need to leave a better place for our children, our daughters, our nieces, our nephews. We need to leave the world a better place where everybody thrives and we have truly inclusive culture where people all can earn equal pay for equal work. So it's all about, you know, helping other people, lift other people up. If you're in a meeting or you're in a Zoom meeting, 
and you say something in this meeting that doesn't get noticed, I, as another woman, should say, you know what? I think Paula said something that we missed. I'd like to have that said again. So support other women. I want you to support, not sabotage, collaborate, not compete with other women so we all can be lifted up. Fabulous. Love it. Love it. And then I'll share with you a little bit of a, a personal thing. So I have this, I had a quote I put up on Facebook a while ago that's a picture of a woman with a crown on that says, An empowered woman tells another woman her crown is crooked without telling the world, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So my daughter, Taylor, recently had her first baby, Avery. And she's into this bow contest. So she's a wonderful photographer, but she's into these bow contests where all these little babies have these beautiful, big, gigantic, beautiful, colorful bows on their head. A couple of weeks ago, Taylor posted on Facebook a picture of Avery and one of her little friends, Avery was trying to straighten the little girl's bow. And Taylor on her Facebook page says, a strong, empowered woman tells another woman her bow is crooked without telling the world. And I was like, I raised another badass. And even with the baby, she's working to become a physician's assistant, going to medical school part-time while she's taking care of the baby. Wow. Wow. So now you've written this book and you also are working actively with women and young women to help empower them. You want to tell just a little bit about some, some of those activities. Are you coaching? You doing training? I'm, I'm coaching, but I'm doing a lot more workshops, webinars, virtual summits, virtual events. Okay. Uh, the Saturday before COVID hit. Now everything's virtual now, which is seemed to be working out. Okay. The, Saturday before COVID hit, I did a workshop for 50 young girls, juniors and seniors in high school, um, out here in Coachella Valley, Palm Springs area, on my five ways to be an empowered woman leader and did a half day workshop. So I had 50 young girls going through be strong, stand up, stand out, put yourself number one on your things to do list, how to pay it forward. And at the end, we're all standing up doing our power poses and yelling, I am bold, brave, and brilliant, right? Some of their moms and dads were there too, taking pictures and they were so proud of these little girls. So I do virtual workshops, in-person workshops. I have a curriculum for companies that have women that I have a curriculum that could be a series of between four and eight workshops to help them attract, retain, motivate their top women leaders and keep them on board. And I do webinars, workshops, podcasts, those kinds of things. Nice. I do some coaching, but yeah, it's more workshops and webinars. Okay. So your coaching is that organizational coaching or, or and or one-on-one or... It's a team effectiveness. So how do you bring together that diverse team and then uh, the individual coaching with the women in particular? Perfect. So if somebody like hears this, which there's going to be a lot of people to hear this, and they're going to be very interested in talking to you further, first of all, to obtain your book, you know, I know you were giving out like something to help like go through the book and all of that. So if you could tell us about that, that'd be great. So people can reach out to me personally, as it was one easy way, is pattygrimmatlive.com, and it's P-A-T-T-I-E-G-R-I-M-M at L-I-V-E.com. That'll be in the show notes. And then for the book, it is normally $18.95 on Amazon. There's a Kindle version, I think, for $12 or something. But for the podcast like this, for the badass women in in your audience, I have a special offer on the book that you can get the book for only $10.00. Wow. It includes $200 in free bonuses, including a video training of walking through the five ways with exercises. 
Nice. And um, some other guides like a career decision-making guide and a personal vision guide. There's other bonuses that go in there. In the U.S., free shipping and handling is free. Outside the U.S., you can get the book and the bonuses, but you need to pay for shipping and handling. It's just too expensive to ship it overseas. Sure. Uh, and to get that, it'll also be in the show notes. You can go just to www.womenkickingglass.com forward slash book. So womenkickingglass.com forward slash book and get the book for just $10. And that'll be in the show notes too, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. I just, I want to assure people that we'll have the show notes that you can look at and you can get this. So you don't have to furiously try to understand it and write it down right now. Just lean back and enjoy and allow these words of wisdom to wash over you and assimilate them into what you're doing every day. Everybody that's listening, this is just beautiful stuff. So I want you to be sure to, to look into getting your book, the Be Strong, Stand Up, Stand Out. I love this part, the subtitle, Let's uh, let's Go Kick Some Glass. Um, yeah, how did you come up with that title? Was that, you know, just like one day you woke up and there it was? And I mean, well, the, the, so the Quiet Women Never Change History is actually a quote from uh, Marie Curie, yeah. who died of the disease she was trying to cure. And a friend years ago when I was at Microsoft, I walked into her office a building in Chicago and on her door was this sign that says quiet women never change history and trust me my friend was a statuesque beautiful amazing african-american woman and there was no way you could ever call her quiet so I saw that <laughs> quote probably 10-15 years ago that always stuck with me and then as I started to interview all these people this be strong stand up stand out theme just kept like glaring at me and then the, I wanted to be able to say, we still need to kick that glass ceiling. Yeah. So the kind of the yeah. subtitle of let's go kick some glass, because I want to leave this world a better place. Right. I want Taylor and Avery and every young girl to have an equal opportunity to be whoever they want to be, wherever they want to be. Absolutely. And that's, you know, that's what this podcast is all about is a true badass is somebody like Patty Graham, who is taking their life experiences maybe, you know, knew they were standing in their power, used their power, and then, you know, lost it somehow, some way, and then reconnected with it. And have fully and completely reconnected with it and have taken it to help others and changing the world. So that's what we mean by badass. And that's what we want everyone to be um, as a result of this and hear this message that it's about standing in your own power that you've always had and refining it and celebrating it and then using it like you are to, to leave the world a better place. So thank you so, so much for that. Well, you know, you can always find me on paulabcoaching.com and uh, the badassery is on all of the podcast stations. And we'd love for you to subscribe. We have all kinds of things out there that'll help you regain your power and use that to better your world. Just like what Patty's talking about. I really encourage you to look into all that she's offering you the book, all these trainings. I mean, that's just a great, I mean, I'm one that promotes this stuff for myself all the time. That's just a great deal. Well, thank you so much, Patty. Thank you so much, Paula. And we will talk to you soon. Thanks for being on with us on the Badassery. Thanks. Bye-bye.